Hey there and welcome to Bergos Now. My name is Aurelia Rauch and today we will take a closer look at a topic that came up in last week's episode. Um, it's inflation. It is quite discussed at the moment. There are many questions regarding this topic and here to try to answer them for me is Maximilian Hefele, the head of our asset management. Hi Max. Hey Aurelia, thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. Um, yeah, a challenging and interesting topic. At the moment, I think this is sort of in everybody's discussion rounds, at least here internally at the bank. So why is inflation such a prominent topic at the moment? Yes, um, in fact, it all started with the quite impressive stimuli, which we have seen from central banks and also governments yeah. um, after the start of the COVID crisis. Right. And this is indeed quite spectacular when you look at the balance sheets of the central banks. Uh, let's take the Fed, for example. It rose to 7.5 trillion uh, US dollar. Also, the ECB um, 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 has increased its balance sheet by um, um, a couple of trillion and also adds up to 7. trillion euros right now. Wow. But what is really new and um, uh, is the fiscal stimulus. Uh, okay. which we see from governments. Mm -hmm. And uh, just in February, the US, um, have, um, the US government has confirmed um, to pump uh, close to two trillion US dollar into the economy. And this follows a, um, a previous um, stimulus program from Trump last year, which was 2.2 trillion. Right, yeah. And also in the European Union, um, um, money is pumped into the economy. Uh, here it's 900 billion. So these are quite impressive sums of money. Yeah. And therefore, yeah, the question is logic. Will this translate into inflation? Right. And will it? Yes, it will. Um, but uh, it uh, will be in a moderate way. And uh, before I go into detail, I would like to set the basis what we are talking about. Yeah, that'd be great. And um, I would like to differentiate between two forms of inflation. One is called the asset inflation, um, and this is based on real assets like equity markets, for example, classic cars, um, yeah, um, art, for example, real estate. Let me come back to art, and I think there you're a specialist. Hmm. Uh, what, what is the price uh, development of the art industry right now? It, uh, that's a complex. Uh, that question requires a complex answer, I should say. Um, Because when we're looking at arts prices and their development, you either look at one specific artist and how they develop or sort of segments. So it's it's hard to say this as a as a general statement. But I would say, prices are the tendency is prices are rising. The art market is doing surprisingly well, um, given that you know that the encounter with art doesn't happen. But still, prices are going up and art is being sold, and the auction houses are doing very well high percentages of numbers of lots are being sold. So I would say generally, good. Is that in line with other? Yes, yes. This is in, in fact in line with other real assets. Right. Um, when you look at the real estate market, um, it's really rising in, in big steps. Um, yes, and uh, therefore um, you have a sort of inflation also in this segment of the market. Right, okay. But this per se is not bad because this raises... Um, the level of wealth investors have, depending that they have invested in those uh, real asset class. But what I would like to focus on today is like consumer inflation. Mm -hmm. 
because consumer inflation, that's relevant for central bank policy. Yeah. Okay, Max, then before you dive into that, where do we stand at the moment? Yes, in fact, um, we got uh, a new figures just released uh, one and a half hours before yeah. we met here. Right. And um, yeah, people were quite excited to receive those numbers because the topic is so hot. And in fact, it was uh, a relief number um, because inflation now is, stands at 1.7% in the US. Okay. And uh, this is not spectacular high. Um, of course, there's a tendency of rising inflation also in the US, but it is below the target of uh, the US Federal Reserve Bank. And the same is also the case in Europe. Uh, there the inflation rate is at 0.9%. So yeah. this is also not very high. Although we saw uh, uh, quite a jump in January, it still is way below the target of the ECB, uh, which is also at 2%. Okay, so the target of the, of the central banks is 2%. Did I get that right? Yes. Okay, why is it 2% and not, not let's say, 0%? Yes, um, central banks regard 2% as kind of a sweet spot between um, yeah, the feared deflationary world yeah. and um, like a, yeah, a speedening, speedening price development or too fast inflation. Mm -hmm. And um, why is uh, deflation um, such a risky thing for, for central banks? Because um, um, in a deflationary scenario, consumers... Um, yeah, defer the, 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 the consumer spending because um, in anticipation of lower prices. And therefore, this has a yeah, negative effect on economic growth. Whereas when you have some inflation figures, consumers tend to spend money earlier or faster. And therefore, um, an inflationary scenario or moderate inflationary scenario of 2% is preferred for central banks. And... Um, Yes, it's basically um, to keep a gap between the deflationary, deflationary environment, which really central banks want to avoid. Okay, got it. But Aurelia, let me come back to your question now, um, um, where we stand and what we think how inflation will develop. There I would like to differentiate uh, two periods of time. Mm -hmm. First of all, short term, um, let's say for the next couple of months, we think that temporary basis effects, base effects, will dominate inflationary figures. So there we expect inflation to rise dynamically. But the reason for it is not economic expansion or an overheated ex uh, economy, but price effects compared to last year. Okay. And one example for that is um, the oil price. When you look into April last year, the oil pr price was on average at 17 US dollar. Mm -hmm. And today the oil price is at $64. So it threefolded. Okay, yeah. That's a quite extreme development. Yeah. And this will translate into inflation. Mm -hmm. um, second effect are transportation costs. Um, here we also see a temporary effect. So rising demand has, uh, um, yeah rises the demand for shipping and um, when you look at the container shipping prices um, they have really exploded as well uh, so containers shipping containers from asia to europe for example have increased from 2200 us dollar 
to 7,900 uh, US dollar today. Yeah. And this will broadly also translate into inflation. Mm -hmm. And this is what we will see and will be reflected in the f numbers to come in, um, in May, in June and July. Mm -hmm. uh, these are the effects. But it's very important to see that um, it's definitely not coming out of an overheating economy. Okay. And uh, we have uh, certain facts for that. Um, first of all, the unemployment rate in the U.S. is still quite high. Yeah. So it stands at 6.2% right now. So um, there we don't see an overheating um, employment market. And secondly, the production capacities or the capacity utilization of production uh, is not uh, fully exploited yet. It stands at 75%. So there's much room to serve rising demand in mm -hmm. the future. So to summarize, um, short term, um, yes, we see rising inflation figures, but um, we do not think that they are sustainable. Okay, but talking again about or coming back to, to the second period that, that you mentioned, when will that begin? That's a very good question, which we all do not know. But first of all, um, um, when does it begin? It begins when the lockdowns end. Hmm. And there we have uh, good indications in the U.S. that we are closer to that point of time. Um, 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 and that's luckily the case. In particular, in the, U in the U.S., the vaccination speed is, is very high. Mm -hmm. um, every day in the U.S., two million people are vaccinated. Yeah. And uh, the tendency is also rising. Mm -hmm. So that's a pretty high speed when you put it into comparison that 330 million people are living in the U.S., mm -hmm. So um, currently 61 million people already have received uh, vaccination. Mm -hmm. um, that's quite a lot. And when you look into the age group of 65-year-old people and older, um, 30% already have received um, the second doses of vaccination. Mm -hmm. So um, that makes it clear that within like months, uh, we already could have uh, the end of the lockdown in the U.S., Of course, um, uh, there are risks out there. Of course, we do not know if those vaccines currently um, um, used are so effective for new virus um, 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 strains. Um, but I'm optimistic and, uh, and uh, we are close to that point of time and therefore we have to include it in our main scenarios. Yeah. So why is this relevant for inflation? Um, Yeah, um, Aurela, question to you. Hmm. What are you going to do when the lockdown is over? <laughs> um, well, if, if the lockdown is over, but we still can't really leave Switzerland, certainly go out to dinner. I miss that a lot. And then travel, of course, travel. Yes, and I think this is what uh, many people will do. So um, what we can expect is um, when the lockdowns end, that we see uh, probably a pretty strong um, increase in demand mm -hmm. um, from consumers. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, let me ask you a second question. Um, did you save money uh, during the lockdown? Yeah, yeah, I definitely did. Um, despite the fact that one can do online shopping, it's just not the same, right? Like you don't, you don't really spend money in the same way. You don't consume in the same way. You only buy things that you're certain of that they're the right thing or that you really desperately need. You don't go out to dinner, all of that. So yeah, definitely. I did save money during the lockdown. 
Yes, and this is exactly what uh, you can measure, you know, across the entire population. Yeah. So what we see is that the savings rate um, um, in 2020 has double, doubled compared to the year before. Mm-hmm. And that's quite extreme. And also in general in the US, we see that uh, the saving rate has, is rising again. Mm-hmm. So consumers have deep pockets, you know, um, um, to spend money after the lockdowns. And therefore, this is a more fundamental case why prices could uh, prices could rise. And uh, that's also, you know, qualitative a difference to, um, you know, the short term period, also the short term rise in inflation we are going to see in the next months. Right. Um, What also is important to know is that, um, you know, when inflation raises even beyond 2%, Uh, central banks or in particular the US Fed has a new policy which is in place since August in uh, last year and uh, this policy is called um, um, average inflation targeting. This means that uh, the Fed is tolerating higher inflation rates in order to compensate for the two low inflation rates we saw in the last years. Mm -hmm. Um, and therefore, you know, one can expect that after the lockdowns, when demand hits production, we could see inflation rates which are above 2%. Mm-hmm. Max, you touched on the policies uh, the central banks put in place. And certainly you cannot talk about inflation without um, also touching on the monetary policies. For example, the Fed has put in place. But can I ask you what kind of impact or what kind of leverage does the central bank really have? That's a very good uh, question. Of course, the central bank itself thinks that they have a vital impact Uh um, on inflation. However, the truth is uh, that looking into the past, the effectiveness of the central banks have not been very good. Okay. So it's not uh, just since uh, the COVID crisis, central banks try to increase inflation, Also after the great financial crisis in 2008, they have pumped a lot of money into the economy. But at the end, inflation hardly reached the targets of 2% Mm -hmm. or only periodically um, surpassed 2%. So that's a good question. And uh, we believe that um, structural factors are more affecting inflation than the Fed itself. Such as? There are two main structural factors which really have an effect on prices for um, many, many years. Mm -hmm. And um, one of them, um, and that's probably the most important one, is uh, the technological advancement we saw over the course of the last years. And in fact, we think that this is going to speed up um, when digitation will take place more and more uh, in the economy. This means that productivity um, um, can continue to rise, meaning that, you know, the same amount of goods and services can be produced at um, a similar price. Mm -hmm. So this clearly um, is um, a deflationary factor, which is going to continue Mm -hmm. and uh, in most discussions is um, underrated. A second effect um, which we have to look at is um, at um, demographics. And here clearly the case um, we have to look at is the baby boomers. 
Um, so persons uh, which are born in the 60s, and there have been many of them, um, will go into retirement very soon. Yeah. So they are leaving the, the marketplace. So what we're going to experience, and uh, that's a factor which you know, slowly evolves over the next you know, 10, 20, 30 years, is that um, um, the employment force will decline. Right. Uh, and therefore, workforce gets more valuable mm -hmm. and uh, could lead to rising prices of wages. But uh, this is really a long-term um, factor, which for the current assessment of capital markets is yeah, only limited relevant. Max, thank you. This is certainly an important topic, and it is as complex as it is far-reaching. And I just don't want to really let you go before asking you for a little bit of a summary. And also, just what do we have to keep our eyes on in the short term? Yes, well, I think it's really important to differentiate between uh, those two factors. So the short-term base effects, you know, which I described in the first shorter-term period, and fundamental drivers of uh, inflation. Mm -hmm. So in the next months, um, as I described, uh, those technical factors based on price comparisons of last year's um, um, will dominate uh, inflation figures as well but they will not dominate central bank policy or monetary policy. Mm -hmm. And therefore, we also recommend to look through those numbers, which might be also quite high. Uh, but on the other hand, focus on the fundamental drivers. And there we see um, good chances that after the lockdown, due to increased demand, prices could rise. Mm -hmm. And that's a different quality. And this will have an effect on central bank policy. Uh, we expect that this will, you know, will be the starting point of a normalizing process. Mm -hmm. We regard this as a healthy development. Mm -hmm. However, this only will start probably in the year 2022. Awesome. Thank you so much, Max, um, for bringing us a bit closer to the topic of inflation. I think this was very helpful and incredibly insightful. Thank you so much for being here today. Yes, thank you, Aurelia, for having me and uh, looking forward to speak next to you and our audience next time. And we thank you so much, as always, for listening. It's Friday, so I wish you a wonderful weekend and a very successful and pleasant week until we are back here with Bergos now next week on Friday. Bye-bye. <laughs>